than John. It makes it more competitive. The perfect way to get through your morning. Every time he opens his mouth, something irritating comes out. Weekdays from 9 to noon on The Roar. Where every day is game day. Hour number three kicking off right now here on The Roar. Press box with Brad and John, and it's a Thursday, and it's almost 11.05. That means it's time for Daniel Shirley, our good friend from TheAthletic.com, senior editor, who joins us each and every week to break down a variety of topics, and we'll do that here in this segment. Daniel, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, John wants to be kind to you, so I'll say uh, we're sorry that your 49ers lost in the in the Super Bowl. That was, that was a tough one for you. Uh, have you recovered from it? Uh, yeah. I mean, every once in a while it'll kind of hit me of like, dang, they were that close mm. to winning the Super Bowl again. I mean, it's been so long. You, you, I think you'd rather just get blown out than lose the way the lose a game the way the Forty ers lost the other night. And you, you think about all the missed opportunities that they had. The first drive of the game where they're going right down the field, and then Christian McCaffrey fumbles. He never fumbles. I mean, what is you know how does that even happen? Um, and then all the chances that they had to put the game away. You know, the end of regulation, it's it's second and two. If you get two more yards, then you can kick a short field goal and win the Super Bowl or, you know, or run out the clock until there's like 20 seconds left and kick a field goal and, and don't give the Chiefs any time left. But, you know, in overtime, you've got to score a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal. Uh, fourth and one when the Chiefs get the ball back. You know, you, you Nick Bosa just loses his mind and loses contain and gives, you know, Patrick Mahomes an easy first down. If you make one of those plays, Brad, you win the Super Bowl. And that's what makes it so hard. I mean, if you got beat by 30, then okay, you got beat. But it, it feels like they had so many opportunities to put the game away and and they didn't do it. And I'm, look, I'm sure if the Chiefs had lost, they would have said the same thing. I mean, how many times did they get in the red zone and had to kick a field goal? Um, so both teams had a lot of opportunities to do more, but you can't, and I told you guys this last week, you can't let Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid hang around. You just can't. If you do, this is going to happen. We see, We saw it in Baltimore, we saw it in Buffalo, and we saw it Sunday in Las Vegas. You have to put them away because they have a winning culture. And I know that we we talk about culture all the time and people use that word a lot in sports. The Chiefs have it. And we saw it again on display Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of, of Shanahan? Because I think that it's okay. If, if, if there's a lot of people that put him on a pedestal and really hype him up, and then don't want to criticize him. Now, I feel there's a lot of sympathy cards out there for Shanahan, but isn't this what sports is? Don't you – are we supposed to, you know, judge fairly here and, and criticize and and praise fairly? Because I, I think it's okay to be critical of him right now. Absolutely. He has he has come up yeah. short in a lot of really big games. No, look, I think he's Andy Reid when Andy Reid was in Philadelphia. Maybe right? so. I yeah. mean, that's – that's what Andy Reid was when he was in Philadelphia. He could get to the NFC Championship game, and he couldn't get over the hump. And he got to the Super Bowl, and he lost. Now, 
the, the Super Bowl game that they lost, their best player played with a broken leg. So, I mean, you kind of have to give them a little bit of a sure. – and they only lost by three points. But you – I think it's very similar to that. Is And, and look, as a 49ers fan, I hope he doesn't have to go somewhere else to win a Super Bowl like Andy Reid did. But, I, look, I think Shanahan's a terrific coach. I think he's done a really good job. He took over a disaster of a program – uh, franchise when he got there, and and look, they they have one of the best rosters in the NFL, and they've gotten close. They've been to the NFC Championship game several times. They've been to the Super Bowl twice, but you can't acknowledge that every time he's been in the Super Bowl as a coach, they've had a double digit lead and lost. I, I think that's fair, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, you nobody's above criticism. There, I mean, there's fair criticism of him. Now, is is the he can't win the big one tag? Is that is that fair? I I mean I, I don't believe in that stuff, Brad. I, I look. I don't think Marv Levy should be deemed for being the Bills' coach and not being able to quote win the big one. He took four teams to the Super Bowl. That has to count for something. So no, I I, I think that there there's reason to criticize Shanahan for what we saw Sunday. I don't think there's any doubt about that. My son Ben pointed out the other day, he's like, Dad, they've got four pro bowlers on offense, and they looked terrible on offense. And I said during the game he was calling a terrible game. Why was Christian McCaffrey not getting the ball more? Why are they not running the ball? Why why are you throwing the ball uh, as much as they were? And they said on the broadcast he wanted 30 runs in that game. And, you know, I guess McCaffrey got 21, but – I mean, there's a big difference between 30 and 21 as far as running the ball, and there were several chances, again, for them to put the game away, and they didn't get it done. And, you know, I know they fired Steve Wilkes yesterday. I I don't think Steve Wilkes got fired because of what happened Sunday. I think it was a bad fit. I thought it was a bad fit all season. I thought it was a good hire when it happened, but then the 49ers' defense hasn't been as good all year uh, as it has been the last four or five years. So I don't think he's the scapegoat that a lot of people are thinking that he's being made. That was not a one-game decision. But there, it is it is fair to criticize Kyle Shanahan because you have to win those games at some point, um, you know, when you keep getting those chances. But, look, I think they'll be back again next year and they'll be right back in the hunt. But are they ever going to have a better chance than what they had Sunday night? I don't know that that's the case. Mm. Yeah, windows are tough. I was going to say, this league is so brutal. You think you're going to always be there until you're not. You know, the Eagles probably thought they were starting a run that was going to last for five years. The uh, Bills, you know, have have been in in this sort of limbo land of being really, really good, just not quite good enough to get past the Chiefs. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard. Baltimore, I mean, it is – you always feel like you're right there, and then you just can't quite – quite make it but I do agree San Francisco is going to be right back in the hunt next year what did you make of Brock Purdy coming out of this game in terms of just you know how he handled himself and maybe yeah. do you have do you have optimism did it give you optimism or pessimism based on his performance moving forward no I thought he played well and and look I mean nobody knows better than the Chiefs coaches and the Chiefs coaches were really impressed with how he played and how he picked apart their zone when they played zone so I, there were three or four throws where he was off. There's no doubt about that. The, there was a throw deep to, uh, I believe it was Debo, that could have been a touchdown, but he got his arm hit when he 
made the throw. I don't think you can blame the quarterback for that. The the, the overtime drive at the end, Brandon Ayuk is wide open in the end zone, but Chris Jones is right in, in Purdy's face. I mean, you can't blame him for that, right? I mean, that's nobody's going to be able to make that throw with Chris Jones in your face. So I, I thought he was fine. I, I don't think he was the better quarterback on the field. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be, not with that guy on the other side. So I thought he played well. I don't think he – I think the game manager talk is garbage. I don't think anybody in the NFL is a game manager. I just don't – who's a good player. I, I hate that term, right? by the way. I hate that Yes. I think to play in the NFL and play at a at a top level, you can't just be a, quote, game manager because there is so much to process in every single snap that there's no way you can survive – if all you're doing is just standing back there and, quote, managing the game because there's so much you have to handle from that position. I think it's a garbage argument. So, um, no, look, is he a top-five quarterback? We can debate that. He had a top-five season. I don't think you can argue that. With the numbers that he had, the yardage, throwing the ball down the field, the touchdowns, all that stuff, he's in the top five in the NFL this season. So I don't think that can be debated. But, you know, he, he's a good player. He's still young. He's going to continue to get better. They've got to get better up front around him, you know, on the offensive line. I think they can still be better uh, on the offensive line. But I, think, I, don't think Brock, I don't think they lost this game Sunday because of Brock Purdy. Daniel Schroer from TheAthletic.com joining us live here today. Uh, any quick thoughts on the Chiefs, just this this dynasty they've created? I mean, I, I sit yeah. here and say how hard it is to get here and to win and all that stuff, and then the Chiefs just make it look so doggone easy. It doesn't feel like they're going anywhere anytime soon. No, it doesn't. I mean, it feels kind of like we're starting another Brady-Belichick run. I mean, depending on how long Andy Reid's going to coach, I, and I don't know why he would why he would quit, you know, with – with having that quarterback and I'm not saying it's easy because Andy knows it's not he what he went through in Philadelphia but look Brad and and I don't know that enough people are pointing this out I know some people are because I've heard it but look how young their defense is I mean their defense is young and inexpensive and talented now they're going to start paying those guys and that will change the dynamic of their roster but they're going to be I don't know how they're not favored next year to win it again uh, I, because you have to – somebody's going to have to beat them. And they had – Brad, their worst season this year since Mahomes has been there during the year. I mean, you know, they had to go on the road twice. They won on the road. They they just – they weren't as good offensively. They were better defensively than they've been. And they still won the Super Bowl. So, I don't – as long as he's the quarterback and Andy Reid's the coach, I, I think they're the favorite going into every season. Daniel Shore from TheAthletic.com. Let's switch gears here, Daniel. Move over to college where we just got news this morning that Sean Elliott, the former now sitting head coach at Georgia State there in Atlanta, is headed back to South Carolina to be a tight ends coach and running game coordinator on Shane Beamer's staff. Uh, your your shock in, in this decision and what does it mean for okay. Georgia State? Well, I thought we were done with coaches when yeah. Deshaun Foster got the UCLA job, and then boom, here we are two days later. And it, I mean, we're middle of February, and we're having coaching changes, which is really going to put Georgia State uh, in a bind to try to find a head coach. And we'll see 
you know, where Georgia State goes. I'm shocked by the fact that somebody would would leave being a head coach at the FBS level to go be a position coach. I, I just am. I, I, I was shocked by the Chip Kelly move other than maybe Chip saw the writing on the wall and <laughs> – one more middling season at UCLA, he was going to get fired, and they probably weren't even going to be middling next year in the Big Ten as they move into the Big Ten. But to to leave as a head coach in college football at that level, there aren't many of those jobs, Brad. And to go and to to go be a position coach is is really really shocking to me. I, I don't know that ten years ago anybody would have made that move, but. Now, I mean, in this new world of college football, we're seeing these kinds of things happen. And, you know, maybe it is this this whole idea of, well, I don't want to be the guy having to worry about NIL, and I don't want to have to be the guy worrying about the transfer portal. Let the head coach deal with that. I just want to, I want to, I want to coach ball. And, you know, I, I we had a friend of mine uh, who has his own radio show in Mobile say this this morning on our show. You can still make a lot of money as a tight ends coach, and you can still have a big pool and a big house, but you don't have to worry about all the the stuff that the head coach has to worry about. So, you know, maybe that factors into Sean's decision. We'll see. But it is a little shocking to see a guy leave being an FBS head coach to go be a position coach for another FBS program. I I think – the answer to me is there's always a lot of reasons. It's not just one. Sure, and right. I, and, there's not one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a narrative out there that it's only because of the transfer portal and NIL that coaches no. are doing and, and that's just not the case. You, you bring up a great point. He's probably going to make more money as a tight ends coach. Because I think I looked it up. George State paid him like $811,000. I mean, Clemson's just paid Chris Rump you know, 900000 to be right. the defensive ends coach. So you wonder if he's going to make a little bit more money at South Carolina. Plus, as you mentioned, yeah, not having to do with as many headaches and make more money and be there with your family. There's a lot of great reasons for for Sean to do that. And I, and I, I mean, it's a good move for for South Carolina, in my opinion as well. What is this? Just kind of maybe if you can enlighten us a little bit on Georgia State. Just where is that program at? Where was it before Elliott yeah. left? And just kind of where do you think they are right now? And and you know, you not speculating what they do, but just a kind of a state of the program for Georgia State. Yeah, one thing before I do that, Brad, like the people who say that we're going to have this mass exodus of college coaches going to the NFL because of NIL and Portal and all that, we're having pro coaches leave the NFL to come to the college way as well, and come to colleges as well. So everybody has their reason why they make these decisions. And I don't, you said it personally there, I don't think there is just one reason. And I, you know, I don't think we're going to have this mass exodus leaving college. But as far as Georgia State, look, Sean did a really good job there. I thought he was the the perfect kind of coach for them. And, and that, you know, that's, it's still a young program. I mean, you have to remember, that program has not been around very long. And when they did start, they were SCS, and they quickly moved up, uh, and they went through a lot of growing pains, understandably. So, But at least now it feels like it's on solid ground. They did lose a lot of guys in the portal, um, and they lost a lot of their best players in the portal. So that's going to be difficult for the new coach uh, to come in. But you know, look, I could see that being a really good spot for a young assistant at 
you know, at Georgia or an, an, an Alabama, somebody who wants to make their mark and go be a head coach because there's so much talent in this state. There's so much talent in Metro Atlanta that you can recruit really easily uh, and fill that roster pretty quickly. So I, I think there – look, you always want to say you left a place better than you got it. Well, Sean did that. So if you're a Georgia State fan, I, I, I can understand being concerned and worried about what this means, but I don't think you can be upset at Sean. Now, you might be perplexed a little bit like we just talked about, but Sean, Sean really solidified that program and made it a better spot for the next guy coming in. Real quick, last thing, Daniel, uh, Clemson basketball. Um, what yeah. do you think? Uh, three in a row. What kind of seeding line do you think that they're playing for here down the, the stretch of the, the final full month of the season? Well, I, I you know, I would think like a five if they keep winning, right? And and what did they do in the ACC tournament? If they do something special in the ACC tournament, maybe maybe a four. And, you know, Brad, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty clear. I thought they were going to fall out of the tournament altogether the way they were playing there for a little bit. But – the way they have finished these last three games shows a lot of, lot of stuff with this team. I mean, because they could have fallen apart at North Carolina and Syracuse. They had big leads and and blew it, uh, and and then and then rebounded and won the game. And then last night they they were behind halfway through the half, second half, and then just dominated at the end and won the game. So you got to be really impressed with what you've seen from this group. And I know Brad has pointed this out. It's a veteran group. So that helps. And look, if they keep winning, and what they have eight games left, I think, in the regular season, they're going to be favored to win all of them. I mean, if they if they go on a run here and win all these games, and then do something special in the ACC, maybe they're looking at a a three seed or something like that. But I think it, if they finish strong and keep winning, I think you'll see them continue to move up those boards. Daniel Shirley, always appreciate your time. What's going on over at the Athletic this week? Well, we'll have a Georgia State coaching story at some point today. We'll have a couple of stories about that. We always do when we have a when we have a coaching opening, uh, you know. And then we're just kind of getting ready for the NCAA tournament, getting ready for spring practice, uh, and it never really ends for us at the athletic. Well, we love it. Thank you so much for your time, Daniel. As always, we'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, bud. Have a great week. You as well. Take care, Daniel Shirley, theAthletic.com. More to come on the press box when we return after this. Landscaper Supplies, your locally owned source for all your hardware and outdoor needs. They offer the best brands with the best solutions and the best service. Take advantage of their Scoop There It Is Mulch Made Easy program. It's premium quality mulch, soil, stone, or sand delivered right to your home with locations in Easley, Greer, Seneca, Simpsonville, Anderson, and Greenville. There's a Landscaper Supply near you. A better experience for homeowners and pros alike. Landscaper Supply. Finding a dealership alternative just got easier. With three locations in Greenville, Cherrydale, and Anderson, First Class Halt is here to service your Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. With ASC certified technicians, state-of-the-art equipment, free shuttles, customer rewards program, and a limited lifetime warranty on parts and labor, we stand behind our work. So if you're looking for an independent service shop who treats you like a customer, not a number, look no further than firstclasshalt.com. And while you are there, take advantage of our new customer offer, First Class Halt, your dealership alternative. 
First, it was Seneca, then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection and, get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. Hi everybody, I'm Don Munson. Up next is your daily update on what's happening with Clemson Athletics. But first, this from Founders Federal Credit Union. Attention all basketball fans, are you ready to experience MVP treatment in banking? Look no further than Founders Federal Credit Union, where personalized service is the winning play. Don't settle for being just another number. Join Founders and receive the personalized attention you deserve, along with great rates, loans, for any reason, and a dynamic online experience. Visit one of their 41 convenient office locations, or visit foundersfcu.com to see if you qualify for membership. Relax, go Tigers! Federally insured by NCUA, membership qualification required, terms and conditions apply. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Our Clemson men's basketball team rolled to their third consecutive ACC victory last night in Little John Coliseum as they downed the Miami Hurricanes by a final score of 77-60. to Clemson led by a point at half, 31-30, to but outscored Miami 46-30 to in the second half as they went on a 29-6 to run to end the game to win it going away. Clemson was led in the scoring column by Chase Hunter as he had a magnificent game, 20 points. Chase with five three-pointers in the contest would tie a career high. He also was three of four at the charity stripe as he also was able to come up with four rebounds and dish out a couple of assists and had one steal in the contest. Other double-figure scores for Clemson included Joseph Girard as he had 18 points. He went five of five at the charity stripe. He had three three-pointers in the contest. P.J. Hall also contributed 13 points to go along with six rebounds. The win now moves Clemson to 7-6 inside the ACC and 17-7 overall. Up next for our Clemson men's basketball team will be a home date Saturday against the NC State Wolfpack. Hope that you can be there in Little John. As always, go Tigers! Powered by UpCountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. So what exactly are the net rankings? I have no idea! Tune in every day until March as we try to figure it out. The Roar, where every day is game day. Back. 11.26 a.m. here on The Roar of the Press Box with Brad and John. Appreciate you joining us today. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us on anything we've discussed. Uh, we spent a lot of time there on Sean Elliott moving back to South Carolina to be the tight ends coach and run game coordinator for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks and Georgia State 
what it sort of means for them right now. John, you had an update to give us on that. Yes, uh, Brandon Marcello of 247 Sports reported uh, during your interview with Daniel Shirley there that Georgia State has paused all spring practices and the spring game. Man, that really stinks for for those folks. Um, I don't even know what the... I don't even know what you do if you're a player right now there. Really do feel... Again, I, look, I'm... Shawnee makes his own decisions. It's fine. You know, it's better for him. It's better for him. But I just really hate it for the guys left behind. Can't you be happy for one person and hate it for another? Yes. I mean, that's just sort of the ramifications of collegiate athletics these days. But... I, I would be I'd be very upset if I was a player. I mean I'd be fuming mad. Furious. Really bother me right Especially now. Especially if I was a portal guy who just, you know, enrolled there in January. Or I mean you know, if, if, for example, if I'm Dominique Thomas, former Clemson running back who's down there to go try to be the guy. Yep. I'm heated right now. Do you think he went to play for Georgia State or do you think he went to play for Sean Elliott? He he went to go play for Georgia State based on what Sean Elliott told him. Do you think that they they postponed or halted the spring season because of the transfer portal? I think it's just because they don't know who's going to go run practice. But, I, but I'm saying the 30-day window is open. Yeah. You know, like inefficient. And that, granted, you're not going to go anywhere right now because classes have started it pretty much everywhere for this semester, quarter, whatever. Yeah, and you couldn't get it anywhere right it's now. It's really difficult to pull that off, but... I just wonder if it's because the portal because the portal's open right now. They entered this new window. And you don't want guys just not show up at practice because they're going to the portal. Maybe they're going to give them some time to figure out what they want to do. That that would be ideal for me. That's the only way you can Why mitigate you the just situation. Give everybody, give everybody a couple of days to just get their bearings right in this new world they're living in. Yeah, because I, I think you could... Just easily just name an interim right now, couldn't you? And just say, we're, we're going to get through the rest of spring with so-and-so. We'll, we'll evaluate the situation as we go. But these guys have no idea who their head coach is going to be. It's, it's really hard to ask them to go out there and practice every day with intent and focus and trying to build a foundation for the season when they don't even know if they're going to be in, enrolled in this university well, in three months. Whose practice are you implementing? Who's running practice? Yeah. Just a lot of logistical issues. But you talk about this is weird. We've never seen this before. To leave right when spring practice is, is underway, and now you just got to put the kibosh on it all. Just not doing it, man. Texture asks what led to South Carolina hiring this late. Uh, they lost Justin Stepp, who was their tight ends coach after he was moved from the wide receivers room to tight ends. Uh, Earlier this offseason, so when they hired James Coley, the Texas A&M tight ends coach, <laughs> they gave that position to Coley and moved Step to tight ends, and Step left. He stepped on out. Don't blame him. And went to Illinois. He's actually doing a pretty good job with those receivers at South Carolina. Yeah, he felt it was a demotion. Let me plain and simple. I don't know why he wouldn't feel that way. Wow, but- what's one man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> Justin Stepp looks at the tight ends coaching job at South Carolina as a demotion, but Sean Elliott looks at it as a promotion. I tell you one thing this era has given us is it it has allowed us to play the what job is better game. You know, would you rather be the wide receivers coach at Illinois, the tight ends coach at South Carolina, or the head coach at Georgia State? That is just 
a conversation that I honestly never thought I would be having when I got into this industry. I never thought we'd sit here on the air and discuss Illinois wide receivers, South Carolina tight ends, Georgia State entire team. Who you want to coach? Rank them. Power rank them, John. The problem is, is my view is going to be wrong because I'd have head coach at George State number one because you're a head coach. But my opinion does not reflect that of the industry. There you go. There you go. Reflecting the industry. Yeah. Texter says, perhaps it's time to make coaches honor their contracts or if they leave before they fulfill it, have them pay the university a predetermined amount if they leave. They already do that. Generally, most, and I don't have his contract in front of me, I don't know anyone who does, who's, who's perused it. But generally speaking, these contracts, if you up and leave like this, you have to pay. Your, you, you buy your way out. Yeah, this is going to cost Sean Elliott some money to do this. That's never really affected. That's never no. kept anybody from really making this. These contracts are so, they feel so loose. You know, they, we, we talk about, we all adhered. These coaches are hearing the contract. No, they don't. They don't really care. Let's go to Lee in Greenwood. He's up next. Hey, Lee, how are you? Brad, we're doing good. Uh, I, I know what the thing is that is happening just now. It's breaking news that can solve all of our coaching issues because we all will have an opportunity very soon to be our own coach because we just got word that EA Sports College Football 2025 will be happening this summer with a full teaser coming this May. So we could take any of those teams with the Illinois <laughs> – with the Georgia State, we could be immaculate now going forward. That's right. We are not going to adhere to any contracts moving forward this summer. We're all going to be coaching whatever team we feel like, and if we start 0-3, we're going to switch teams and start all over again. We, The beauty of video <laughs> games is back in our lives, Lee. Uh, you're right, it's a, 100%. It's a grand day, man. It's it is. A grand day. It is. <laughs> it solves all our problems. We don't care about anything going on in the sport now. We got the game coming back. Um, and then just real quick, uh, just a real quick take. Um, like I said, it's good to see the Tigers get another win last night and just good to see other guys step up when, when TJ's not, you know, necessarily the guy uh, for the moment, the guy for the game. Um, I think that's going to be big going forward. And um, just kind of how you see these guys, where we go now from this, this last stretch of games here to finish up the regular season, what's, what's, the, what's the best – takeaway you think we're going to get and i'll take it off the air thank appreciate you it. good to hear from you appreciate you getting in uh it's a good question you know i think i think the the team is the, sort of shot themselves out of some some offensive woes that they had uh back in january because I, I i do think it that's really what a lot of games came down to the difference was some shots just weren't falling and i i think it affected their defense a little bit i think they've sort of come out of that They've relied more on the zone. They're, I think Brownell's doing a good job of switching it up and giving teams different looks at different moments of the game and, and different times down the court, whether you're zoning or whether you're you know matchup zoning or going man. And the beauty of a matchup zone is you can come out of it and go to a man without having to like put up a signal and just and predetermine it, you know, halfway down the court before we're even set. You know, like you can have some things built in to where you can go out of that matchup zone. So I think I think it's confusing teams, and it's helped. It's helped Joe Girard. It's helped his confidence shooting. It's helped defensively. I think he's playing a little bit better. John, he just like he's. Isn't it funny? The shots start falling a little bit more for Joe, and all of a sudden it feels like he's staying in front of a defender a little longer. You know, he's not getting bulldozed. He's he's able to play with better defense, and I I think that all these things are correlated. 
but it also does feel like a lot of Clemson's season has been Joe Girard-centric, and when he plays well, Clemson wins. When he struggles and the shot isn't there, Clemson has to ask too much out of other people. And I'm not putting it all on Joe Girard. It just feels like that's how the season has gone, for better or worse. And now it feels like he's come out of that a little bit. So I, I think moving forward, the team, from a psychological standpoint, they're in a way better world than they were a week and a half ago. I think the coaches have figured out some things. Remember, Brownell said this, and I, I was a little skeptical. I'll, I'll be honest, full disclosure, I was skeptical that they just sort of had to wait for the worm to turn. They just sort of had to endure the the close losses and just sort of get through it and, and not make drastic changes. I think they've made subtle changes that have led to drastic differences from where they were. And so I give I give the coaching staff some credit here. I, I would have been been freaking out and ready to hit the blow blow up button and start all hey, what do you do with this team? Let's start from scratch and re No, that's not the route they took. They said shots are gonna fall. You are who you are. Remember, he kept saying he was more of a cheerleader. He was building the team's confidence going into these games because he knew it was in them. They just weren't getting the results based on history of this season and the work they were putting in. And so he just kept their spirits up, kept trying to get them. That made a difference. I didn't know that it would when he said that coming out of you know like the Virginia game. But we've seen that over the, the last week and a half. They've played much better. And I think that's what the takeaway is moving forward is now they've sort of endured some rough times. And, you know, we, we see this with a lot of teams in sports. The adversity makes you stronger. I think it's plausible that Clemson can finish in the top four in the ACC. I think there's an ability to win, if not six, maybe a lot of the last seven. But can they win five of the last seven? I think so. I think so. And then you're looking... You know, you're looking at 12 and 12 and 8 going into the conference tournament. I, I think we're we're talking about a team that's much more on the 5-6 seed level depending on how the NCAA tournament falls. But you're not leaving it un, into the discretion of the committee. You're going to emphatically make your case that you're in the tournament. And I think right now Clemson is very much in the tournament. And now the questions, I think, start to turn to what kind of run can they make? I mean, that's just natural when you get to this point. Um, but they've they've got to continue what they're doing. You said they can have a slip up here or there, John, and be okay. Can you pinpoint an area or a, or a team that might give them the trouble that could cause a slip up or two the rest of the way? Uh, I'm pulling up the schedule right now, so I have it in, in front of me. Pitt at uh, home is going to be a tough game. Pitt's yeah, Pitt at home. Um, I, I think NC State this weekend could be challenging. Um, especially because you beat them three times last year. Like, they're going to come into Little John and give you their best effort. Um, and I think at Wake, last game of the regular season, depending on where things stand, because you're kind of right there neck and neck with Wake Forest in the standings, with it being their senior day, you never know what you're going to get. And, you know, playing on someone's senior day, you just never know what kind of performance they're going to turn out. True. And hasn't Clemson played historically, at least recently, pretty well at Georgia Tech. I think so, yeah. And they're going to avenge that game. It's kind of like, you know, the Miami one. I, I think there's an opportunity to, you know, to to use that motivation and to play an opponent a second time and think they're not going to hit all those threes. Like Miami didn't hit all those threes last night or didn't just steamroll them like they exactly, did. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think there's some advantages there for Clemson 
and that game not being far off, that's that's next Wednesday, um, right after this NC State game coming up. Uh, Florida State is, is not going to be easy at home uh, on the 24th of this month. I, I think Pitt's going to be really tough. Okay, the thing is, John, the, the tough games are at home. Going at Notre Dame and at Wake. Wake's not going to be easy. They're going to be playing for everything. But you may be in a position where that game doesn't really affect you all that much. That That's what you hope if you're if you're the Tigers when you get to that point. But I, I think it's very manageable from here on out. Do you agree? Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely manageable. I think five out of seven is very realistic. If, if, if you just serve court at home, that's one, two, three, four. four. So then you've only got to win one road game at Notre Dame or Georgia Tech, and you don't want to lose either one of those. So, okay, let's, let's even it out. You slip up one at home. Whether it's Pitt, whether it's this weekend, it looks hard to, to hold a winning streak, but you're afforded the opportunity to go to Georgia Tech and Notre Dame and get two wins on the road in the ACC, and you should. You'll be favored to win those games. I, I think they're they're in a good, good place. 654 Roar, the trailer is out for EA Sports' new college football game. We've watched it. We'll discuss it on the other side, final segment. Craving a late-night bite after the game? Order on the Wendy's app. Stuck at work? Forgot your lunch at home? Order on the Wendy's app. No time to cook before taking the kids to soccer practice? Order on the Wendy's app. You catching my drift here? It's never been easier to get fresh food fast. Download the Wendy's app today to experience just how simple it really is. Join the rewards program and start earning points. New offers are added all the time. So what are you waiting for? Order on the app and visit your local Wendy's today. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider. From the type of roof you have to the many types and styles of shingles, Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of a roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a new Samsung Galaxy A15 for just $99. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Good talk. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. In-store activation on single silver unlimited plan or higher required. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Calling all coffee lovers. The Dream Center is excited to announce that they have officially launched a coffee brand. They are currently offering three different flavors. Colombian, donut shop, and French vanilla. The Dream Center receives $5 from each bag of coffee sold, and trust me, they're all delicious and a great way to start your morning. Purchase yours today. It'll make a difference. Buy online at dreamcenterpc.org or in person at their easily resale store on Calhoun Memorial Highway. Carolina Top Dressing is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and receive a free lawn aeration when you sign up for our program. Trust us to help your lawn thrive all season long. Visit us now at carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, Go Tigers!
I'm Richard Thompson of Thompson & King Law Firm, and I believe that every person has a God-given desire to work. That's why I take Social Security and workers' compensation cases very seriously, because most folks don't really want to think they're disabled. They hesitate to file for disability, and when they're turned down, they hesitate to appeal their case. But they are disabled. If you're presently unable to work on a daily basis, even if you don't fully understand the cause, come see me. I'll take your case seriously. I know you do. The Thompson & King Law Firm, 222-0200, or online at thompsonking.com. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Gabby. Hey, Gabby. It's Jennifer Coolidge. Hi. I'm, I'm so glad I reached you at 2 a.m. Oh, of course. Anyone with a Discover card can call and talk to a real person 24-7. Now, how can I help? Yeah, I used my Discover card to buy these yellow pleather pajamas, and I'm just not sure I'm pulling them off. 24-7 U.S.-based customer service. It pays to Discover. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I thought about it many years. And then I did it, dropped big pounds, and never looked back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start PhD. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call PhD because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. Every shot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Final segment here on a Thursday coming up tomorrow. It's just a Friday, not a football Friday. We'll, we'll still make it one. We'll talk football tomorrow. But you know what it is, Brad? It's an opening day of Clemson baseball Friday tomorrow. It is. College baseball gets underway beginning tomorrow. We will preview that and have some good conversations about uh, Clemson baseball. And we're just a little teaser here for you, John. Uh, might have a, might have a guest on next week for Clemson baseball that's going to intrigue you. So stay tuned for that. Okay, I'm just just a little teaser. You don't even know about this. I have no idea what this is. I don't share all the information of the, of the show with you. You don't share any information with me. <laughs> uh, not not necessarily true. Can I share this information with you? Ohio State fired their basketball coach yesterday. Got to pay him fifteen and a half million, but they'll mitigate that at some point. You know, Brad, I remember not that long ago that Ohio State made a change at athletic director. Was that correct? <laughs> it was like last month, yes. And who did they hire? Ross Bjork. From Texas A&M. <laughs> he couldn't even who... go a month without firing somebody. Was he David Tepper? Ryan Day? <laughs> Make sure that real estate agent's on retainer, bud. Oh, boy. Is you, Chip you, Kelly you pulling a Sean Elliott? Guy. You brought in the guy. Sean, or uh, Chip Kelly pulling a Sean Elliott, Kevin Steele here? Uh, it's You hired the guy who is the best at pla- passing around the plate to get the money. Okay. Man. I would maybe stop feuding with Lou Holtz and just stop trying to figure out how to... Uh, not getting Ross Bjork's uh, crosshairs there. He wasn't even there a month without firing somebody. And paying him like $15 million in a buyout. He ain't done care. Now, they'll, again, they'll mitigate it. 
depending on what Holtman goes the on to do. The most Ross Bjork thing possible. He can't stay. He, he, there is no status quo when Ross Bjork walks in the door. There's only, who can I get rid of? I mean, do you think, like, if he goes 45 days without firing somebody, that he just, like, he has sleepless nights? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he is. How many carousels is he responsible for? You think Brad Sinkoff enjoys a coaching carousel? There's nobody who loves him more than Ross Bjork. Please do not compare me in any way to Ross Bjork. Okay. I don't want to be included in the same sentence as him. That's fair. I, I apologize. That was I did cross the line there, and, and I do apologize. Won't happen I mean, again. That's just, he's like David Tepper, man. He's like, I got to fire somebody. We go too long. Like, like have I, they even met yet? Yeah. <laughs> Was that their first meeting? It oh, hey, you're my new boss. They, no, they passed each other in the hallway last week or something. You think he's all excited, man? And I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go meet the new AD. Got to put on my nice sport coat and make a good first impression. No, I see it now. They they, they walked by each other in the hallway, and Bjork stopped and went, you're Holtman, right? Come see me next week. We'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll set something up. My people will get to your people. Don't worry. And then he's fired. Uh, what does Ohio State do next? Well, suffer through the rest of this miserable uh, season that they're going through. Yes, but also look at who you just hired. You about to spend some money. Oh, Ohio State will will not skimp on salary when it comes to their, their next head coach. I can assure you of that. So who do they go get? Uh, some early names I've seen. This is CBS Sports, and I'm just going to list the names, John. I'm not. I'm not. This is not my list. All right. Is, is this your list? Not my list. Okay. This is CBS Sports list. Okay. Uh, Dusty May, FAU. Boy, his name rocketed up. I last year. Yeah, not a surprise. A guy at a mid-major who takes a team to a Final Four is going to be on every coaching list for the next two to three years. Sean Miller. <laughs> okay. Savior coach. All right. I'm sorry that I'll, I'll add to your Sean Miller's name, but uh, we're not shocked. It does me. make you chuckle in these parts of the country. I get it. Greg McDermott. He's never leaving Creighton. That man is an established. Yeah, but he's like Troy Calhoun at Air Force. You got to put him on a list. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't feel appreciated. Maybe he'll leave. Uh, well, we have to get this name in there because everybody uses this name. Nate Oates. He'll, he'll get a raise at Bama just for getting put on this list. Of course he will. Uh, would you consider, if, if you're a Nate Oates, would you consider Ohio State over Alabama? I no, wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. I'd stay where I'm at. Another guy who's always mentioned for jobs, because I just, for whatever reason, this job is not ideal. UCLA head coach Mick Cronin. Could UCLA get burned in the same academic year of losing two head coaches to Ohio State? Maybe. Just say, man. Oh my goodness, <laughs> UCLA. Nobody wants to coach there, do they? Because they, well, no, because you can't. Has been been tied to like every job in the last three years since he got there. Basically, one, they have a school president who doesn't care about athletics. Two, it's very expensive. Three, UCLA does not have money, so your coaching salary pools are not as high as they are at other jobs at a place where the cost of living is higher than every other place in your league. And you're moving leagues next year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the league I meant, the new league. Like, it's a little more expensive to live in Los Angeles than Champaign, Illinois, than Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, I don't know. Bloomington's a nice I, I've been to Bloomington. Very nice town. I have enjoyed my time in Bloomington, Indiana. But I know the cost of living in Los Angeles is a little higher. Yeah. Texter wants to know why I was chuckling at Sean Miller. Uh, you know, he was up for the South Carolina job. 
couple years ago. He used South Carolina to get Xavier to pony up more money than what they originally had offered him. Uh, I, I, but I'm chuckling because, of course, Sean Miller's linked to this and on the list. This is an agent thing for sure. Yes. And this is just a ploy for him to try to get more money somewhere, whether it's Xavier or Ohio State or whatever. He'll he'll find a way. He'll, he'll find Do you way. believe Ohio State makes a big, splashy hire here? Well, I have one more name to throw at you. Oh, oh okay. Sorry, I apologize. South Carolina head coach Lamont Paris. Oh, oh boy. Would not be good for the Gamecocks, but based on what he has done this season, the turnaround they have had in those two years. 11-21 and 21 to 21-4 and four after last night. Um, that deserves attention and praise from the rest of the country. It's February the 15th, and he's won as many games as he lost last year. 11-21 to 21-4. So, South Carolina fans have to get used to this. Any job that opens up between now and April or May will include the name Lamont Parrish well, that if it, it has any any real strength to it, any real strong job. Well, Brad, it's college athletics, so it could be any job that opens between April, May, June, July, August, yeah, September, yeah. October, or November when we start the season next year. True, whether because you know, I mean, already started. Because it, with, with the transfer portal and NIL, I mean, we understand <laughs> that, you know, these Lamont Paris could go on to be an assistant at Georgetown or something. I don't know. <laughs> I can assure you that's not going to I know that's not going to happen. But. Uh, this makes a lot of sense, though. You would target Lamont Paris if you are a team looking for a new head coach and you've got money to spend. And yes, I mean I know it's this is weird situation. I at least in in my opinion because he hasn't done like you know he hasn't been there like four years you know and he was at Chattanooga and nobody knew who he was at Chattanooga. He had a little bit of a tournament run, but still nobody really knew who he was. So what like I while I think. I generally would say don't hire a guy just off of one year of success after a you know another year at a big name program or big conference program without success. The turnaround is so good that I can't sit here and make a case for not wanting to talk to Lamont Paris if you have a coaching opening. Just can't do it. And he's from Ohio. He's from Finley, Ohio. Ah, Finley, Ohio. I mean, if I was. Uh. If I had the same job as Ross Bjork, let's we'll, we'll phrase it that way. Went to school there, the College of Wooster. Oh, these people went to Wooster. Um, he would be on my list of candidates for sure. Yeah, he's spent a lot of time in that region. He's coached at Akron, Wisconsin, IUP. He coached at DePaul, not DePaul, but DePaul, where Brian Brownell was from. DePaul says it all, yeah. So he's he's been around that. He's been more around yeah. the Midwest than he has. The South. He'd coach at Chattanooga from 17 to 22, and then South Carolina from the last two years. So, yeah, I, th- I think he has to be on, on a lot of lists. Uh, that's something South Carolina fans have to deal with. Success brings interest in your coach. Yep. Especially in basketball. <laughs> when you go 11-21 and 21 and 21-4 21 and four the next season. I don't know. So do you think that uh, – what, what were you going to ask me about, about this job? I was going to say, do you think that uh, Ross Bjork is going to take this thing big time to market and try to go make his first splash hire at Ohio State? Is that a rhetorical question? I mean, what what else does Ross Bjork do? Like His whole persona is, I want the biggest, baddest name I can get. That's, That's what he's always done, is it not? For the most part, yeah. 
Yeah, I think biggest, like, baddest name that's obtainable for where he is. Fair enough. Fair enough there. John, you watched the trailer. I did. EA Sports release for its new college football game. I mean, I've never seen Quack drive that fast into the parking lot. Coming he just heard mention May. of the trailer and his car speakers. Came in on two tires here. Coming in May will be a full reveal, mm-hmm. and then we will get the game at some point this summer. So we have an actual timeline for the very first time officially released by EA Sports. What did you make of the trailer? What did you learn from the trailer? That we're going to get a game this summer. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot to it, and there didn't need to be, honestly, for me. Just, just give me the game. Just give me the game. Throw a few extra PTO days in there, and let's uh, let's make some magic happen. The trailer does not reveal very much at all of, no. of the game. Like I didn't see like how many of East Carolina's uniforms are they uh, putting in the game. They didn't they didn't show me that. I don't know. Shocker that they didn't make it. But I didn't see Auburn in the trailer either. There, bud. <laughs> so I think that. Uh, Man, that was man, man, man wins a, a basketball game by 40 points and comes in here is just as confident as can be. Try to tell you. Try to tell you last night or yesterday afternoon. You didn't want to listen. No, I, I wanted to, to back Gervonta, and, you know, we, we both lost. <laughs> you said, don't need the points. You said, what points? We didn't need them. You could cover a 39-point spread <laughs> last night. No. Be a push on the 42. <laughs> um... The trailer, though, it does get the hype machine going for sure. Oh, it allows my mind to go in a million different directions where I can just speculate wildly as to what the game is going to mean or do or feel or any of those things. I can't wait. It is very exciting. I'm not going to lie. Uh, just to just to know that it actually is going to happen and we don't have to sit here and play the game. But I'll ask you this, Brad. When you go to fire up the first Dynasty mode... Oh, a lot of pressure Are here. you going... A school that wasn't in the game previously? Are you going for a reclamation project? Are you trying to um, show Hugh Freeze how to actually run a football program? Are you going to the Plains? Like what? what no, what's easy, the easy answer. What's the answer? There's an opening at Georgia State. I'm going to go take over. You're going over to Georgia State? Yeah, yeah I'm going to take over Georgia State. You miss the Braves playing in that ballpark and you want to visualize it all the time? Yeah, why not? Uh, John, uh, sounds like T. Higgins, the former Clemson receiver who is... Uh, in contract limbo with the Cincinnati Bengals, going to get franchise tagged and not allowed to hit the market. Not surprised one bit. That's that's the 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 reports coming out of Cincinnati is that he is going to be um, tagged, which would make a lot of sense. Why not drag it out if you can and maybe, especially yeah, you can get another year before you have to do Chase's deal. Put him on the franchise tag. You give Chase the big money, big contract next year. You let T. Higgins walk, but you kind of keep that window going. I think it makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it also tell you that the Bengals are kind of going all in this year on this? Like, they don't want to disrupt with Burrow coming off the injury, and they they felt they need to to put their best foot forward this year. And especially before the Burrow contract really starts kicking in. Kind of like the thing with the Eagles this last year with Jalen Hurts, how they had to really go all in on this year before it really started hurting the cap. John, in roughly 27 minutes, a young man named Tiger Woods is going to take the course at the Genesis Invitational. Are you going to be watching? No, I have work to do. You know, I won't be watching at all. I got the day, the are day are job. you saying that because the upper management is listening? Is that why you're They're saying that? They're always listening. That's the problem. Anything we say. 
Oh, I saw the wink wink there. No, I, I just want to see what the new Sunday Red Apparel line looks like, right? I'm not trying to watch Tiger Woods on the golf course. No. I, a, I am so excited. I was going to say, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for Tiger's return? An 8. Yeah, he has not played a sanctioned event. I'm, I'm not counting the Hero World Challenge thing in December. He's not played a sanctioned event since he hobbled off the course at Augusta National, sadly, last Masters. I'm just trying to see what does he look like because Augusta National's not that far away. He said he's going to play in a tournament a month. That's his plan. That means I will take that. That means Genesis this month, the players next month, Augusta National in April, a PGA Championship in May. So he's not coming to Harbortown? Uh, n- probably not coming to Harbortown. Hell, he hasn't done it in 25 years. Selling your tickets now? I think we will be paying attention to this. I am curious as well. I want to thank everybody for joining us throughout the show today. Thanks to Daniel Shirley for his contributions as well. Thanks for the calls and the tags. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds with Quack and Ben. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens.